Welcome to the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast, a podcast created to inform patients, families, and caregivers about important health transformation topics. Since the 2001 Crossing the Quality Chasm Report by the Institute of Medicine, our nation's healthcare system has recognized its need to improve quality of care by way of six important aims that make healthcare safe, efficient, effective, patient-centered, timely, and equitable. But we cannot hope to cross this chasm and achieve these aims until we make fundamental changes to the whole healthcare system. All levels of this work require dramatic improvements from the patient's experience. So this podcast is dedicated to you, the voices most underutilized resource in healthcare, our patients' voices. Welcome, and we hope you enjoy the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Natasha Washington, president and founder of ATW Health Solutions and sponsor for the Patient Partner Innovation Community. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com. Well, hello, everyone. I am Desiree Collins-Bradley with Patient Partner Innovation Community, and I am so excited to have this conversation for you guys today. We have an extra special guest and some amazing news to share with you. So hello, Dr. Neelam R. Agarwal. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for the invitation, Ms. Desiree. I'm equally excited to be here with everyone. Yeah. So, you know, Dr. Agarwal, I I know you from the work that you've been doing with uh, Dr. Natasha Washington and ATW Health Solutions around stroke and Sirius One. Mm -hmm. But the listeners, you know, all our listeners from all over the country may not know who you are. So why don't you give them a little introduction about who you are and what do you do? All right. So, again, thank you for the introduction. Um, I You know, when I think about who I am and what I do, um, first off, you know, I am a physician uh, and I specialize in neurology. So I deal a lot with the brain, spinal cord, nerves, muscles, things like that. And over the years, my area that I really focused on is in uh, cognitive neurology, how people are thinking with memory and Mm -hmm. the risk factors for that. And one of them is stroke. So um, I've come into the stroke area through neurology, but really focusing on uh, stroke and how it affects the brain. Um, I am based here in Chicago. I trained at Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit for my neurology, and I came to Rush uh, in Chicago um, way back in 96. And I've been working at Rush since that time and have um, really been working in the communities that are around Rush and uh, really not only providing care, but really working within the communities to educate about um, how to stay healthy and how to prevent stroke. You know, well, you know, I want to say a personal thank you for the work that you do in this area. This topic is near and dear to my heart. Um, Mm -hmm. Most of the listeners know, but I'll share my mother has had, I would say, double digit amount of strokes and it has ravaged her brain to the point of 
Um, she has d- diminished cognitivity, and it has yep. really affected our family unit as a whole, as mm-hmm. she was kind of like this rock of the family that kept it all together. So when we were talking about this, it's like, I, you know, anything that I can do to bring guests on this podcast to educate the community to make sure that as much as we can do to prevent mm-hmm. stroke and know these warning signs, I think right. this is, is so, so important. It's something that I wish I had known about prior to going through this journey with my mother. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know that you and uh, Dr. Natasha Washington and team mm-hmm. have been working on that first serious, I would say serious one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're excited to share that now we're into been funded to do serious two, two right, serious, right. two serious. Right? Yeah. Yes. So why don't you tell our listeners what is serious? What is the project? And yeah. what is serious two going to look like? Okay. Well, you know, um, and I'm, you know, Miss Desiree, thank you for sharing about the personal history and your relation with stroke, because you know, when you when I give a presentation out in the in the community, and I say the word field meaning community, um, and I always ask, so who in the who here has had a loved one, has had yeah. a stroke, or knows if somebody has a stroke? And I'm telling you, 90% of the hands go up. Yeah. And and you know, it's you need to see that. And I always I ask my people to look around, just take a look around this room, and mm-hmm. I I want you to realize how common this is. It may not be talked about. People yep. may not share, but it's mm-hmm. happening. So yep. that's the first thing. And so that was something I was seeing a lot when I was doing community presentations. I think what really got serious going, the serious one project going back in 2014, I was doing home visits in the communities here in Chicago, mostly South Side. And so I would be for our various studies that we do, I would be in the homes of our participants and I would keep asking uh, you know, any changes in medical health, how's your thinking movement? And a lot of people would say uh, year after year, they'd say, you know, last year I had a little mini stroke mm-hmm. or last year my mother had a stroke. And I would ask, so, you know, did you did you call 911 or how did you know about that? Oh, doctor, you know, we we didn't do anything for two days. And after the second day, it got worse and we went in. And what I kept hearing yeah. with Desiree was this mm-hmm. delay was yes. this delay in mm-hmm. not only calling, but the delay in identifying that this is serious, okay? Yes. Mm-hmm. That this is not something to just go back to bed, which people were saying, I just went back to bed. Mm-hmm. It was going to be a bad day, and I'm going back to bed. And, I, you know, it was house after house, Miss Desiree, when this was going mm-hmm. on. And it was community and city streets after city streets. And what I realized was that at the time, so many of our people and my people did not know that there were specialized stroke centers in the neighborhoods that could handle mm-hmm. acute stroke. They didn't know. Yeah. And, and if I would have said down the street is, a, is an emergency room that is outfitted to handle this, mm-hmm. people would look at me and say, what are you talking about? Well, yeah. I tell you, after hearing that and after hearing it from house to house on different streets, different parts of the city, Mm -hmm. I just I got so irritated and I just said to my colleague up over at Rush, Dr. Prabhakaran, who's another partner here on this grant. I said, listen, I'm sitting here at 95th and the Ryan and people are telling me that they didn't know about these stroke centers. We got to do something. Yeah, we got to do something. And he said, well, what do you want to do? Right. And Mm -hmm. I said, here's what I want to do. I want to take people from the community 
and I want to do and, and take them to the stroke center emergency rooms and walk them through what it is like in these stroke center emergency rooms and walk through what happens with stroke when somebody comes in. So everybody can see and learn and get educated and get empowered to understand that you can do something for it and that the people mm -hmm. that are there can help you with the family get through this. And that's how it started, Ms. Desiree. It started wow. with these community-based, I'm bringing people in and I'm there with Dr. Burbacher and the team, but you're now going to ask questions to the EMS person. You're going to ask questions to people mm -hmm. in those emergency rooms about things and you're going to learn what's happening. And so based on that, that had such a big positive impression because we had the aldermen there, we had wow. pastors there, we had community leaders, we had people who would say, I'm bringing my staff. And we wow. had such, yeah, we had such a granular discussion about what is going on. Yeah. And what, you know, why are people not calling? Why mm -hmm. are you calling your daughter who's working up in the city who can't leave work to come get you because mm -hmm. you want a family member to take you? Why aren't, you know, all these things we started to hear about the barriers and the, the barriers to access to do this and, and also the knowledge of why you should. Mm -hmm. And that led to um, the serious grant. And the, the serious grant, the first grant that got PCORI funding was really looking at what are the barriers in our communities, especially in our underserved and underrepresented communities, what are those barriers where people are not calling, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. and, and doing this in a way, so it's not just you and me, Ms. Desiree, talking and saying, well, I heard this and I heard this. No, we're going to actually document what people are saying. Yes. That's the difference. So... No, you're telling us, and, you know, I can tell you when we started this, I removed myself from a lot of those discussions because, you know, I had been doing these home visits and I kept hearing things and I did not want to bias anything. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And absolutely. Yeah. And I mm -hmm. said, no, no, I'm coming out of this. The team is going to go in and look for these questions and get people to talk about it. And, you know, we heard so many things um, we learned from the first grant that had to do with, um, and I'm just going to share some of these things with you, yeah. Ms. Desiree, because your listeners are probably thinking, uh-huh, that's yeah. what I was thinking. One mm. was, mm, I don't want to call 911 because I don't know what to say. Yes. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. Number mm -hmm. two, I don't want to call 911, Doc, because I'm not a doc. I'm not going to play doctor on the phone saying she's having a stroke. I don't know if that's what it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number three. I'm not calling 911 um, because I'm not sure if, if 911 is going to come here and come and get her or come and mm -hmm. get me yeah. in the neighborhood. Okay. Next mm -hmm. one. How do I, I don't know what's going to happen once I call 911. Can mm -hmm. you tell me what's the next steps are? Yeah. Is there a medicine that you can get? What is that TPA yeah. medicine? What is that medicine that can break a clot or bust up a clot? Yeah. People, people didn't know that. Um, wow. Other barriers with our um, Hispanic participants. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. A, I don't want to call 911. I, I can't speak English that well mm -hmm. to, to, to articulate yeah. what's happening, right? It's intimidating. Yes. Exactly. And then with the, some of our Hispanic um, you know, community members, I don't want to call 911 because you're asking me information that I don't want to give. I'm worried. 
I'm worried that you're going to want to know where you're coming to. And frankly, mm-hmm. am I here legally or illegally? And that was at the time where there was this big concern about those issues. So we were getting everything. And then the last thing I want to share, Ms. Desiree, that mm-hmm. I had heard for, frankly, years, but I'm glad it came out. I'm not calling 911 because I'm going to get a bill. Exactly. Okay. That's a big one. You got a big one. Oh, my yes. goodness. And I can tell you as a doctor, when I heard that, it broke my heart because mm-hmm. right then, and you know this and the listeners mm-hmm. know this, the economics of everything came into this whole decision-making yep. process, mm-hmm. right? Oh, and absolutely. Somebody is sitting and having a stroke right in front of you and people are thinking about the bill. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And when I, you know, and and I knew it and I remember I would come out of homes and people would tell me that. But we got the documentation and then we said, okay, we now have got to start educating people about what these barriers are. Mm -hmm. We got to start educating the community about signs and symptoms. And and when you're out in the community presenting to people, which I'll tell you a moment about this promoters that we did, but Mm -hmm. you discuss this, you start talking about these issues that people are bringing up about um, what do they do in the emergency room and we're going to train you. So we trained about 242 community, what we would say community promoters to talk about stroke in the community. And we did that over nine months. And we asked each of our promoters in your own networks, in your own way, we will give you materials, but now you push the messaging out about what you know about why stroke is something you got to move on. When you call 911, tell, you know, talk about the financial and we are going to move on these different pieces. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. team is yeah. going to move. But the promoters were the ones giving the messaging. And then mm-hmm. I would come in with Dr. Babakaran and, and Miss Natasha. We would come in and be supportive, but we wanted to make sure that this was truly the community empowered with information, these promoters, to push it out there. And we got 39,000 like 39, packs, people signed. Yeah, that they That's are going to call. amazing. Yeah, that they are going to call 911 for stroke. And incredible numbers of packs were, you know, pledged. I pledged to mm-hmm. call 911. Mm-hmm. And so the, the study, that was really the scope of the study to identify those barriers to have people you know, sign the PACs. And then we were looking at data to see the two hospital areas that we were focusing around those areas where we penetrated, where we had that messaging. You know, would the numbers of 911 calls come in? Would people be treated uh, faster, easier if they mm-hmm. were coming in? And that's where the grant stopped because you know the grant ended there. And now mm-hmm. we have some data to suggest that there were more people coming through and they, they were identifying things better. The question now is, how do you keep that going? Absolutely. Right? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you touched yeah. on something, I think, mm-hmm. you know, with the whole community promoters. Because, yeah. you know, and I'm just thinking about, I'm going to just use my parents, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. My mother, you know, going through the process of, of having, you know, these 
uh, strokes, mini strokes, you know, is how it was explained to us and, and not knowing, you know, what right. to do. Like you said, oh, I'm going to bed. I'm going to sleep it off. I'm going to take a little extra high blood pressure. Med-. You know, it was right. exactly. really, you're not, it's like if you know better, you do better. But right. connecting with those people in the community that you trust that you yep. will receive the information from right. because I'll be, you know, I know we've all heard of the whole white coat syndrome where the yeah, white yeah. coat comes in and everybody kind of is yep. either intimidated, afraid, doesn't want to speak out. And especially I'm in Houston and I can see where, you know, this should be spread across this in high, entire nation because particularly here, because mm. immigration is an issue. Yes. People are afraid of deportation. Yes. Someone in their community that looks like them, talks like them, that they can relate to, they will receive that information from mm-hmm. them because it's all about building trust. Right. Which is huge, especially is huge. in the wake of everything that's going everything on in our climate <laughs> with COVID yeah. and Black Lives Matter. And, right. you know, everything is kind of blown up right now. Every, exactly. You know, this and, is something. Yeah. 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 No, but it's true. And, and this mm-hmm. is where we are now. But, you know, when we were doing the study and when we were looking at the data coming in from Sirius One and, and I'm going to I'm spending a few minutes to everybody listening because. One of the things that I've learned in the field for so many times, and everyone says it, we don't get results. Mm-hmm. Nobody tells us what happened. You all come <laughs> in here, you know this, you all come in yeah. here, you do your work and you leave and we don't hear anything about it. And, you know, that was, I was very sensitive to that because mm-hmm. I was in the field for years and years and I didn't, it's not, you hear it from two people, you hear it from many people. So yeah. what we're really, you know, wanted to make a point on was that when this grant was going to finish and wind down, that we were now going to think about dissemination. Mm-hmm. How do we get the results of what we learned, not only to our promoters and empower them again, but to think even about the wider dissemination now, and even more now, Ms. Desiree, because everything mm-hmm. is, as you said, blowing up with yeah. so many different things going on. And we want to get some messaging out to people. And one messaging was that the first grant we saw an uptick um, of uh, people coming in to the emergency room who were younger. So that means they were identifying that this could be a stroke, which was mm-hmm. good because it's not an old person's issue. Okay. Yeah. That's something yeah. important. We were, we had more men that were coming in and, mm-hmm. and identifying stroke. Again, typically men don't. Women mm-hmm. are the ones who talk more about their health. Traditionally, men don't. Uh, really talk much about it until something yeah. happens. Uh, mm-hmm. We had more African-American patients in the community were coming into the ER earlier, which was a good sign that the mm-hmm. message was penetrating. And also we had that people using the number of people using the ambulance who thought they were having a stroke also improved after the program began. Wow. So, so these were the term we use is called metrics, right? These were mm-hmm. some metrics that we thought, Hmm, these are some good things. We now need to figure out how do we increase that messaging now and how do we build on that? And so the serious two, so we call it too serious because <laughs> now we have to not only disseminate, but we have to disseminate in this era of COVID. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we've got to disseminate information now when the messaging is social distancing. Yeah. And the messaging is you may not be able to bring a loved one into the hospital with you. Yep. Uh, the messaging has been and the data and the data is showing 
that um, our minority populations, specifically our African-American populations, are getting hit very, very hard mm-hmm. um, with this disease. We all know it. It's, it's very painful. Yes. Um, people are losing loved ones. People are losing um, family members, friends, yes. church, church uh, colleagues and friends. I mean, it's it's just horrible and it's painful. It right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And And how do you. How do you now message with all of these things going on mm-hmm. this, the, what we've learned and, and not losing the gains like, no, 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 pay attention. This is something that needs to be thought about in a way that, the, you know, stroke is still serious. It's even more serious now because it's affecting our younger people. Mm-hmm. How do we message? And, and you know, Ms. Desiree, what's the best way to do it? Should we be yeah. going radio like here? We're doing podcasts. Should we be going mm-hmm. uh, more virtual? Should we be mm-hmm. reaching out to our churches? Should we be reaching out to the promoters and their networks and they tell us? So that's where we're at right now, knowing that we have to really disseminate with a broader thought process because of the COVID pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it. We all think, you know, what's really think I think beautiful about this whole thing, you know, because it's music to my ears, you know, healthcare quality improvement as a whole is like mm-hmm. my sim, it's like my symphony that I, I mm-hmm. listen to all the time, right? You know, especially now, yeah, because people, you know, in the wake of social distancing and isolation, and yep. you know, I see things all over social media and groups amongst my peers, you know that. People are suffering in silence because they need new strategies. So things have changed. We're in the wake of of a whole new era. Right. And we may not. And I tell people all the time, we may people like, oh, I wanted to go back to the way it was. We may not ever get back to the way it was. But in the the meantime, people are still suffering from strokes. They're not going to stop. Because COVID and we need to, you know, so the fact that we're adapting and changing to what we need now, I think is really, really important. And I'm excited, you know, to be a part of two serious um, uh, of this go around. So, you know, thank you for that summary and and catching our listeners up to date. But I kind of want to shift a little bit because I know your, I would say your expertise is community Mm -hmm. engagement. I hear all wonderful things about what you're doing around community engagement from patients and thought leaders, you know, Mm -hmm. so I want to kind of give you a minute to kind of tell us a little bit about how and why this community engagement plays such a significant role in this entire frame of Mm -hmm. work. Well, I think, you know, and and thank you for, um, you know, giving me the opportunity to talk about the community engagement piece because in I have just have been very I've just been blessed in my training to be having the medical training and the research training be totally linked to the community training. And I realize as I'm getting older uh, that many people don't have that opportunity. Many people don't, you know, and, and I talk to the students and I talk to everybody that I mentor, you need to be in the community and you need to be out there. And frankly, you need to listen. Mm-hmm. And and I say this all the time. Number one, you need to listen and you and you that's it. You just need to listen because people are going to tell you things that mm-hmm. you need to hear. That's and, right. and, and you think, you know it and you don't. And you need to be comfortable. Ms. Desiree, people need to be comfortable mm-hmm. with this. I don't. I didn't know that. 
Yeah. And what, what happens is prior to COVID, everybody always had like the answer. And mm-hmm. this is what, and I'm, I kept saying, how do you know that? Mm-hmm. And do, how, and if you know that, how have you pick it up and go somewhere else? You know, my father used to say, what you see depends upon where you sit. And mm-hmm. it's so true. You need to move it around. So with community engagement, you need to engage communities in, in an inclusive manner. If you're inclusive, you will get diversity. That's how it rolls. That's how it works. Be inclusive. You will get yes. the diversity. Okay. But yes. when you get people talking about what the needs are and what they're seeing and what worries them, that's how when you engage community, they will help you build mm-hmm. a better project, a better study, a better mm-hmm. intervention, a better treatment, a better access, everything. And the problem is we don't engage, number one, consistently. We mm-hmm. don't engage for the, the amount of time we need to. Mm-hmm. And we are always looking for that metric right away. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I keep saying to people, you need to be out there all the time. And I can just tell you from me, every time I think mm-hmm, that's how it's going to be, someone will come up and say, have you thought about this? And I'm always like, thank you. Thank you, because you kept that me thinking. Maybe there's mm-hmm. another way. So the community engagement is meeting people where they're at. And mm-hmm. if you tell me to meet you, you know, Dr. A, I'm, I'm at the senior center. That's where we go. If you say, Dr. A, the best place to meet is, you know, after worship, that's where you go. You go where the people are. Mm-hmm. You need to know your community and understand the historical context of the community where you're at, mm-hmm. what is affecting the community, and then think about it, mm-hmm. not disregard it. And that's the other piece, right. Desiree. Don't disregard yeah. it. Okay, this is, you know, it is what it is and you need to doesn't mean it's going to stay that way, but you need to respect that. That's right. You have to respect that. This is how things are. Okay, talk to me. How how would you like things to be? What do you think could be an improvement? What is good? And that's what we did with our promoters, Mm -hmm. meaning we gave the information about stroke because people need facts and people need. Yeah. You know that facts and data are really important. Yeah. And then we said to the community and promoters, okay, now tell us, after looking at all this, tell us what we don't know. What, what do you think we could do better or what do we need? And that's how we worked with the community in that, in that way. And then I would encourage even our promoters, now when you go out and, and push that message out, that what you've learned, you have to now listen mm-hmm. to what the people are saying. Okay. Absolutely. You have to cut. It's coming back to you now from the field, and mm-hmm. they're saying, mm, "This is an issue." So, I think that's how I approach the community engagement. You need to listen, and then the other thing with community engagement that um, people who work with me know this all the time: when you ask somebody something, mm-hmm. you better explain why you're asking. I love and that. I'm telling you, I say this all the time. I say it in the hospital, in the clinics. I say, no, no, no. You just don't ask. You say, I'm Miss So-and-so or Mr. So-and-so or if I'm in a group. I'm asking this question because I'm, I'm wondering about this or I'm worried about this or I'm concerned about this. Mm-hmm. But, but to ask and not qualify why you're asking, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's no good. 
Oh, I love you that's know, it's no good. Mm-hmm. It's leading, you know, I love it because it's it's leading, you know, listening with an open ear and an open right. heart. Right. And that's not always easy to do. That is no. even in our I would say outside of work, even in our everyday life. Right. It's it's that's that is not something easy to do but I think you know the more you do it the more you get yes. comfortable with it it's, it's right. almost like riding a bike you keep practicing it, right. it gets better it but becomes natural yeah yeah yep. exactly Ab- but absolutely but I, I say it all that and I say it even with our young trainees no 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 why are you asking well I'm asking mm-hmm. why are you asking mm-hmm. why do you want to know that information and, I'm, yeah. and, the, and and the reason why it's so important, and especially in the communities that I serve in our minority communities, is when you ask and you are explaining why you're asking, people will tell you. Mm-hmm. People will share with you reliable information that means something that you can really think hard about because they realize that you respect them That's enough right. to ask. It's to say, I'm asking because I'm concerned about this. This is something yes. I should be worrying about. And people will say, you know, no, Dr. A, that's, that's not affecting me, but I appreciate you telling me why you were asking. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to do that more with community now, especially now when there's so many things happening and we start asking people very sensitive questions. And, and how are you? Why are you asking? Yeah. Right? That, why are you that, asking? Yeah, because there's such a, I think, it's, and even in the wake of now, I mean, historically, there's always been this level of mistrust right? of the healthcare right. system. And I think COVID, Black Lives Matter, yes. that has really pushed it back out in the forefront. We know it's always been there, but I think it, it's really brought it up to light. So the fact that you're encouraging that open honest questioning right so we're mm-hmm. not just we're not just takers we don't want exactly to be just takers no. we're, we're we're givers givers as well well so that's I how think. it is giver mm-hmm. and taker right and mm-hmm. even right miss desiree with community you know advisory boards i'd say you ask you got mm-hmm. a question low threshold you ask us why we're asking that you ask us and Absolutely. i think people have to get comfortable in that you've got to be comfort in a discomfort you've got to be and, and especially when you're working in communities and especially now with our stroke messaging, no, mm-hmm. you have to be a little uncomfortable to hear the answers. Uh-huh. Absolutely. You you know, and to, especially yeah. in stroke. Exactly. I would say, because stroke is such, it, it's almost taboo. I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest. You know, mm-hmm. even when my mother went through her uh, first couple of strokes, it was, Oh no! Don't tell anybody. Yeah, you know, this is secret. We don't. It's discuss a secret. It. Yes, and yeah. so you know, with with two serious, serious one and serious two, is it's flipping that on the head, and I think mm-hmm. that is so important because at the end of the day, it's saving lives. But and see, right now, Miss you know, mm-hmm. Desiree, what you just shared with the with the listeners is really important. Number one, mother had more than one stroke, so yes. this is a key message for the listeners. You've mm-hmm. had one. We're very worried you're going to have more than one. And it's very, it, the statistics are higher that you're going to have another one and they can yeah. come very quickly. So that's yes. the first message. Mm-hmm. If you know someone who's already had a stroke, you better in your mind be thinking, mm-hmm, she could have another one and we need to do everything we can to prevent that. Mm-hmm. That's the message. The number yes. two thing you said that was important and very important. And thanks for sharing. Please don't. Oh, we don't say that. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. Okay. What is that about? Now, 
people have said to me, and you know, they'll say, well, oh no, no, we don't want to say anything. We don't want anyone, the neighbors to know. Mm -hmm. Well, why is that? Because you know what, we don't want to, we don't want to present that maybe something may not be right in the home. Who knows what's going to happen? Scamming may go on. Somebody mm -hmm. may want to do things. I mean, you, you only know yeah. these issues un unless you ask people. Yeah, and they'll say, right. oh, you know, no, 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 we keep it all quiet here. We don't want yeah. anyone to know anything on the street. Or mm -hmm. we don't want anyone to know in our social circles because mm -hmm. we, may, we may be shunned. We may be um, put out of our social circles that we use for support. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, the more you are in the community, sometimes just by observing, you see what happens. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, my goodness, look at that. That's what's going on here with Mrs. Yes. So-and-so. And so now we need to address that when we do our messaging. Yes. See? Uh, you know, uh, and right? your promoters, you know, I wish I could take them and put them in my back pocket and bring yeah. them here to Houston with, with me. I mean, I'm just, I, I but cannot I think, wait to see. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we need testimonials, right? We need yes. testimonials from people to come out and stand up and say, listen. This is what it was. This is how it happened. This is what happened, how we, when it got around that, this is what helped. And then that's it. And we, that's what happened when the uh, promoters came in the emergency room. They went out and they said, no, 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 no. I was in there. I saw what's going on. This is what's going to happen. They were empowered to give a testimony outside of the training so that when people, when they heard wherever they were, Oh, that's what happened there. He said, mm, I don't know. This is what I saw. This is what yeah. I was there. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I, we could go on and on, I think for <laughs> hours because this, you know, it, it's just such valuable information. I'm just really excited to oh, see yeah. two serious, um, yeah. hit the ground running and, and yeah. can't wait to see, you know, the data that comes out of this is going to be amazing oh, i'm, I'm so so excited you know oh, thank you again for all the hard work and and thanks to the promoters those that are listening oh my gosh you were in you know serious one um mm. we're had we can't wait to engage you in serious two but those promoters that are listening good work we appreciate mm. you Absolutely. guys partnering with us and and trusting us right and they you did know, terrific you know yeah. i would be at some of those events miss desiree and i would just stand back and i would smile and you know, sometimes a promoter say, Doctor, you want to come up here? I said, uh-uh, you got this. You just, you go. <laughs> I'm here to support. You go. Because, you know, when you see this and when you see that the, um, uh, not only the, the passion towards it, but the confidence mm -hmm. that, no, we're, we're doing something here and we, we're here for you and, and, and you're here for me. It's really, really, really just warms your heart to see that and knowing that, the support system is in place and for too serious i have to tell everyone who's listening yeah it is too serious and uh, we are going to be thinking about innovative ways to reach people mm -hmm. so what we were doing before we have to pivot we can't some, right. do some of those face-to-faces and that's okay it makes yeah. us better it makes us better but we're also going to take it from the community what does the community want and what that's do right. they need right Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Hearing oh, yeah. from me. Well, I couldn't let you go without giving mm -hmm. our listeners, give our listeners, what are the warning signs of stroke? Oh, yeah. Just really okay. quickly. Yeah. You can't let them go without giving no, them you know that. for yeah. those that aren't here. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the best, the best thing for everyone to remember is you want to remember the word fast. Okay. 
F-A-S-T, fast. And you think, think fast, call mm-hmm. 911. So F stands for face. The face mm-hmm. is droopy. The face is sagging. When people smile, the face looks twisted, okay? One side isn't mm-hmm. going up the way the other side is. So F stands for face, weakness. A, st- A stands for arm. You put your hands out in front of you, and if one hand and arm falls down, and it's because and you try to pull it back up and it still keeps going down, or it's weak, one side weaker than the other, that is a sign of what we see with stroke. So A is for mm-hmm. arm. S S is for speech. Talking, speech is talking. So slurring your words, speaking like you're drunk and you haven't been drinking. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, getting, can't get the words out, stuttering, all of a sudden talking and the words don't make sense. It's like, what are you mm-hmm. saying? Okay. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. and T is time. Call 911. So I say time and telephone. Pick up the phone, call 911 because time is crucial for stroke to get treatment for stroke. So think fast. Think fast. Uh Yes. As you were talking, I was writing notes. You know, that is going on a sticky note on my computer. I'm going to put that on my my refrigerator and I will definitely share this with all my friends and family. But Dr. Agarwal, this has been a a wonderful conversation. And, you know, I appreciate you taking the time to share with our listeners your insights and and wealth of knowledge. And we're excited to see Mm -hmm. two serious hit the ground running. Running. Well, thanks, Ms. Desiree and everyone um, on all your team members for letting me share what's been happening and hope to talk to you soon again. Great. Wonderful. And as always, guys, we couldn't get away without thanking our wonderful sponsor and partner, Dr. Natasha Washington of ATW Health Mm. Solutions. And as always, guys, be engaged. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com.